Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Discover strategies and tactics that work positive as Dr. Joey talks with industry leaders who create a positive work culture that attracts top talent and reduces team turnover. Discover how you can create a work positive culture that increases productivity and profits. Here's your host, Dr. Joey. Hey, Work Positive Nation. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Work Positive Podcast. I'm delighted to be with you today. And, you know, occasionally I get to interview, but rarely, husband and wife teams who are owners of a business. And there's a whole unique dynamic, (laughs) right, around attracting top talent and reducing team turnover and creating a positive work culture that increases productivity and profits. When you not only live together, but you are married together and you have children together, right? That's a yeah. different dynamic. So mm-hmm. if you uh, are thinking about marrying someone with whom you want to own a business, <laughs> you really want to listen to this podcast because it's an amazing, it can be an amazing experience. We're going to get some of the keys to that today, but particularly how do you create a positive work culture in the midst of having these interpersonal relationships? It's mm-hmm. dynamic. Now, if you're already married to a business owner, this is old hat to you, (laughs) right? You're going to learn some great things, some great strategies and tactics today for how you can improve your marriage and your business ownership. Because my guest today is Emily Cole. Work Positive Nation, help me welcome Emily Cole. Emily, welcome to the Work Positive Podcast. Thank you so much. Excited to be with you guys. Yeah, glad to have you on board. Now, go ahead and tell us who you're married to because he's been a guest (laughs) on this program before. I am married to the crazy guy in the yellow tuxedo. His name is Jesse Cole, and together we own the Savannah Bananas baseball team. Yay! (laughs) I know. This morning when I was shaving and and getting ready to do this podcast, I was like, gee, I wonder what Emily will wear. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's normal. It's not going to be a yellow prom dress or anything. (laughs) But I'm sure Jesse suggested it. Honey, would you like that? Yeah, we have a lot of yellow in our life, so I try to go with the neutrals if I can. (laughs) (laughs) So, Work Positive Nation, we're talking today with the saner member of the ownership team. (laughs) If you missed that episode, be sure to go on YouTube or our website at workpositive.today. Watch the video because Jesse shows up and shows out uh, in a yellow tuxedo with a yellow shirt. And Emily, I got to ask you, what's with the top hat? Because, I mean, (laughs) that's quite distinctive. He's a showman. I mean, it it started years and years ago. We've had teams for about 15 years now, and he's worn one the whole time, you know, as long as I can remember, because he is the P.T. Barnum, if you will, uh, of our games. He's a showman and we have shows, not games. And so it really fits his persona and what we're trying to create at the ballpark in that it's a show. Yeah, and he has all these great quotes, and I love the way he tells P.T. Barnum's story. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it was the Yellow Tux book or the fan's first book, because I've read both of them. By the way, you got a new book out called Banana Land, right? 
Uh, Banana Ball. Yes, Banana that'll be Ball, coming out. Bad. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. It'll be coming out later this year. So yeah, excited to to keep sharing with the world. You know, we have so many people that reach out and just ask questions because we're doing things so differently from what they're used to. And so every time we, you know, have an influx of questions, we feel like it makes sense to share with the world. So yeah, his third book, Banana Ball, will be coming out in later in 2023. Oh, that's awesome. So wherever fine books are sold, go ahead and print your right. copy now. Yes. Uh, because I saw the other day an announcement that it was, it's already uh, available for pre-order. I think that was on LinkedIn. Yeah. So, um, so you guys own the team together. And you literally are changing the game of baseball. I don't. I don't want to make this. Uh, you know, I want to. I don't want to ask you to be self-aggrandizing, but I mean, literally, you guys are because I saw MLB considered some changes to speed up the game a little bit, and you guys have done that because it's a part of that entertainment fans first, right? Absolutely. How did you and Jesse transition from business as usual, which is what you were doing, right? With the Gastonia Grizzlies or, or some other teams that you have mm-hmm. into this entertainment based fans first focus. You know, we've always looked at it differently, but I think it really hit the gas pedal over the last eight to 10 years. So it really started back when Jesse was in college and was a D1 athlete playing baseball. And then during the summer ended up coaching in the Cape league after he played up in the Cape Cod league. And so mm-hmm. As he tells it, he had kind of a front row seat to the best athletes, the best baseball players. You know, he was playing at the top level and watching the top level guys play and he was bored. And so he said, Mm. I have the best seat in the house and I know this game inside and out (laughs) and I'm bored. Mm. How must it be for the fans? You know, nobody wants to sit there and watch our three, four hour game. That's why there were nobody. There wasn't anybody in the stands watching them. Mm. So that's really where the seed was planted. And and he said, you know, I want to make it more exciting. Now, of course, that thought has evolved over the decades, but. That's really where it started was just him saying, I want to do it differently. And so we did have another team in North Carolina where we started. We we both worked for for numerous teams, but we started small. We started with having the players go out once a game and doing a small choreographed dance during the game. Uh Right. It was just a small 30 second thing. It was entertaining. It was different because no team had ever had their players dance before in the middle of the baseball game. So that was different. But now it has just taken on a whole new meaning for us. We have the banana nanas, the senior citizen dance team, instead of like a sexy young cheerleading squad, we have them. (laughs) We have the, the man nanas, the dad bod cheerleading squad. So again, what's, what's normal, do the exact opposite. Let's get a bunch of 50 or 60 year old men who want to be out there and shake their bellies. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a break dancing first base coach. We have uh, a princess Potassia who goes out on the field and sings and dances. And now our players are way over the top. They're not just doing a small 30 second dance. They're dancing all the time. They're dancing as they go up to the plate, they're dancing in the outfield. So, you know, what started as a small experiment of just doing something a little bit abnormal with a small dance, you know, now has really, just become an integral part of our whole team. And now we're known as the dancing baseball team. Um, So it really just started with us saying, let's be a little bit different because things are kind of boring in this sport. And uh, the average age of the baseball fan is getting so much older while a lot of other sports have younger fan bases coming in like soccer, for example, it's a lot of younger kids that are signing up to play it. Whereas with baseball, Little league numbers are declining. The average age of the, the, your average baseball fan is, you know, I think a 60 year old white man right now. That's like the profile. It's me. It's me. 
my people. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no offense if you're a baseball purist, um, but we were just noticing <laughs> yeah. that I mean, there I want to are... see kids play. Yeah, there just there are other demographics out there who we thought would want to enjoy the sport, and so that's really been just the mission is to make it a little bit more fun for other people. Yeah. Now, for how long were you the director of fun for the for the teams? Um, so Jesse and I got together back in 2010, I think, and I worked for the team that he was currently with in North Carolina, and uh-huh. was the director of fun for I don't know a number of years before we got married and bought teams ourselves. And at that point, we we kind of changed hats a little bit and became owners, but are, we're still directing fun every day. We're very both of us are very involved in the teams and just have a, a great passion for this. Yeah. So being an owner. Do you ever like take your co-owner aside and say, now, Jesse, <laughs> and, and give him your take on it? Yeah. You know, early on, Jesse and I were working together and it was new for us to be sure. in a relationship with somebody who we had such responsibility with in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And we were stepping over into each other's lanes and, and things got a little messy because we would step on each other's toes and we would take over a project that the other one was working on. And so... <laughs> One of the things that we've learned to do together is to stay in our own lanes. He has his strengths. I have mine. We've mm-hmm. worked those out. We've done a ton of the personality tests and the Enneagrams and the love languages. And mm-hmm. we know how to communicate better. We know how to work sure. together. And so that's definitely advice for people who are in a relationship and also working together is kind of set those boundaries on who does what and make sure that you're playing to each other's strengths and you're respecting each other in those strengths and in those spaces and you don't step over into the other lane. And that has really helped us um, come a really long way on our work relationship. Mm -hmm. Stay in your lane, bro. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) My earworm right now. You guys have done an amazing job, Emily, of attracting top talent on the field and off the field, because the team that puts together these fans first experiences is absolutely incredible. I mean, over the top, incredible, mm-hmm. right? I'm not yeah. telling you anything you don't know. I'm just letting you know what I know. <laughs> well, thank how, you. how did a baseball team attract major league level marketing and I mean, all the event planning and everything that you have to do? How'd you guys attract that top talent? Well, I will say that it did not start out that way. In the beginning, you know, when we we first named the team the Bananas, I mean, people hated us. We were getting hate mail and it was very hard to get people to come work for us. Mm. So it has definitely been an evolution of that. And we're so fortunate now to be in the space we are with a wait list of people. I think it's over 3000 now of people who want to work for us, but it didn't start like that. You know, we, we had to start small and be true to who we were and know that just like with fans, this wasn't going to be for everybody. Not everybody was going to come watch a baseball game. That was a circus. And it's the same with employees. Not everybody was going to take us seriously and want to come be a part of this circus, but there are a few of them out there. So if we stayed true to ourselves and shouted from the mountaintops, who we were and what we believed in, Mm. um, it has become easier and easier to attract people because we, we stood for what we wanted and what we believed in. And those people, saw us out, right? It's not for everybody. And we'll say that over and over again, but it is going to be for some people. And so um, I think it's also been helpful to be in the day and age we are with social media. You know, there are so many young people who see us online and say, that's fun. I want a fun job. You know, why, why does fun have to be work? And, you know, that whole stigma of 
get a job and stay there for 60 years and clock in at eight o'clock and clock out at six o'clock. You know, we don't do that anymore as a society. And so Mm -hmm. you have these young people who are saying, no, I want to have fun at work. I don't want to just go be responsible. That's not, Mm -hmm. that's not what I want. So we have this whole generation of people who want to enjoy themselves and have pleasure in their work. And so we are fortunate that again, when we scream from the mountaintops or when we post on TikTok or whatever, people see these videos, they see us having fun. They see us making an impact because it's, it's serious now too. It's not just this mm-hmm. fun little small team. Um, people want to be a part of that. And so over the years that has grown and our culture has gotten better and better because the people who are getting engaged with us and working with us really want to be there because they know what we're about and they've mm-hmm. seen the zany things that we do mm-hmm. and they're okay with that. So they know what they're getting into. Um, and so really it's been an evolution of having to convince people in the beginning to uh, now being so out there and so um, visible in, in what we are that we have a wait list of people trying to join us. And so we're, we're very fortunate for that, that change, that growth. Oh yeah. And with a waiting list of 3000 crazy people who want to come have fun with the Savannah bananas. Right. So that's yeah. amazing. How did you know, when your work culture was shifting to a place where you were attracting top talent instead of having to, well, kiss some frogs and hoping they turn into a prince. Um, so every year we we have interns and our, our internship is really one of the best ways that we grow internally because almost all of our full-time staff, it, it's probably 75, 90, 80, 90% of our people who work for us full-time started as an intern. Uh, We focus tremendously on our internship program. And we think that that's a great way for people to kind of test each other out and grow with each other, Mm -hmm. but maybe not make that, that long commitment. Right. And so Mm -hmm. we have different seasons of internship. We have our summer season, we have a fall semester and the spring semester, and we just have these opportunities for people to come in and get to know us, but then they get to see what they really want to do with their life. I think it's so unfair that, society tells these teenagers to know what they want to do. And so if we give them the opportunity to come get their hands dirty and work in a sport that they think that they like, Mm -hmm. um, or work in a department that they've studied a little bit in the classroom, but they're not really sure how it works, Mm -hmm. we give them that opportunity. And then it, it gives them a chance to see what it is that they really want to do. And then on the flip side, we get to see what's their work ethic after they've worked 16 hours a day. What's their attitude? Are they still Mm -hmm. happy? Are they nice? Are they mean? Um, (laughs) You know, we're down in the trenches with each other. And so you get to know a lot about each other. And so this internship program has grown so much and Mm -hmm. the students have had a really great experience, fortunately. So they've gone back to their schools and told their professors, we do a lot of speaking in college classes Mm -hmm. and just kind of spreading the word and inviting people to join one of our intern programs. And so that whole program has really helped us grow and has helped our waitlist grow because Mm -hmm. it has spread for, again, these, these kids that are trying to figure out what they want to do. I think it's a great opportunity for them. And Mm -hmm. that has started to take notice in, in that whole demographic. Mm. And so how many interns do you have on average in any given season? Yeah, we do about eight to 10 every season. And we okay. do that about three times a year. Times so a year. for us, what we're doing is is growing our bench. You know, we've got yeah. 20 to 30 great candidates who we work really closely with throughout the year through these internships. Mm-hmm. And then when they graduate school, or even if they go on and get another job, 
uh, you know, five years later, they might call us up and say, okay, I'm ready to do this. And we've, we're just deepening that bench and getting mm-hmm. to know these people really well, seeing if they fit in our culture. And yeah. so um, from a selfish standpoint, it helps our brand grow so much because mm-hmm. we've gotten to know these people and we know who we're bringing into our family and if they're the right fit. Um, and then of course, for them, it just, it gives them a great opportunity to know what they want to do in life. So mm-hmm. very, very great program that we're very proud of. I think all groups, um, all companies should do. Yeah. And you're seeding positivity, regardless of whether they come to work for you or not, because you're helping them along the pathway to figure it out. Oh yeah. I mean, we're so proud when they go out and get their dream job, you know, coming and working for us, if they realize that it's not what they want to do, that's great. If we can help them on that journey. And so we do so many, uh, you know, references and letters of recommendation because Mm. we get to know these people and what they want to do in their life. And we have a lot of connections. So we've opened so many doors for them and and it just makes us so proud to be able to help them on their journey in what they truly want to do. Yeah. So you're, you're just seeding good things into their lives. And if they happen to want to come to work for the bananas, then that's another conversation, but you're just, yeah. Well, and they become, and they become a big fan along the way. So even if it's not them, maybe they find that it's their best friend or their sister or somebody else who would fit great with our organization. And so any relationship that we can have, it, it will be, you know, great along the way at some point, it might not be them working for us, but that's okay. That's not the goal. The goal is to just create more fans and, you know, have these great relationships with people. And that's what we're doing. Absolutely. So how many folks on the waiting list for internships? (laughs) That, that list of 3000 is, uh, interns and full-time. So it's just kind of a mix, you know, sometimes we'll have somebody in their forties say, Hey, I'll just come intern with you because I know I need to get my foot in the door. So it's, uh, (laughs) it's not only your high school and college students. It's just anybody who really wants to make a life change and and come Uh try to be a banana. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. That's incredible. Plus you guys get to audition them, as you were saying. I mean, you really find out about somebody after they work 16 hours, what do they look like? What do they act like? How do they sound the next morning? Right? Absolutely. Yeah. So you attract top talent in this way. How do you reduce the team turnover? Because, man, I I saw a monster.com survey the other day that said 96% of all Americans are looking for a new job in 2023. I was astounded by that number. So you guys must do something incredible to, to keep those teams in place. You know, what we're doing, I don't think is anything mind blowing, but apparently it it is different enough because we, we see the same stats that, you know, everybody in their 20s, I think, is looking for a new job every 2.2 years or something. And it's it's just crazy. You know what I talked about earlier, somebody signing up for a job and staying there their whole life. I mean, we yeah. have gone to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Mm. Um, so, you know, what we do is we really do have a work family. I know that you are either very against this or very for this, but <laughs> being a family atmosphere, saying the words, I love you. I and mean, we do that in our office. I mean, we are so close with each other. We are at everybody's weddings and we go to funerals when somebody has something mm. you know, important in their life or somebody important in their life who's passed. And mm. we're at the baby showers. We go on vacation together. We, we've just become such a unit mm. that we all have this goal of growing together um, that we we've become so intertwined in each other's lives that we feel like we, first of all, we feel like underdogs, which I think is helpful when you're a small organization and you're growing, <laughs> yeah, Really, we're all on this mission to do it together. Um, but we've become so close in achieving those things together. And I think that we're very clear with our people. Um, we are constantly having chats and check-ins and, um, 
grabbing a beer or going out for dinner or lunch. And we're constantly talking to each other, constantly communicating when we're coming up with visions and goals for the team. It's not a, you know, top down type uh, communication. It's everybody is involved. Everybody brings ideas to the table. So it's very inclusive. I think that some of the younger, newer people feel included and feel important. I think that Mm. that might help. So again, the stuff that we're doing doesn't seem crazy to me, Um, but we have been fortunate that the people who are a part of it feel special. They feel important. Mm. They feel included and they have the same vision and goals as us since we are so clear that they want to keep riding this roller coaster with us. And so we have been very, very blessed with not a lot of turnover. And then when we do have turnover, uh, one of the things that we're most proud of is the notice that people give us. We've had people give us six month notice. You know, we've wow. only had a few people leave and the ones who did have given like six months notice. And it's because they want to, you know, move back home to start a family. Totally mm. understandable. But mm. because they respect their coworkers and the brand so much, they want to give us that runway to mm. bring on somebody new. They want to help. Um, we don't like to use the word train because we think animals are trained and people like to be led, uh, but they they have that forethought to bring somebody on and want to lead them in the position before they leave. And so mm. just things like that are special. And, and we don't take that for granted because that is that is really unique. That's not I mean, it's so normal to just give two weeks notice or less and just walk yeah, out or, or just walk um, out the door on Friday yeah. afternoon. And, and so we yeah, and we have a culture that is the opposite of that. So so grateful um, for the family atmosphere that we've built. Mm, yeah. And healthy family. Cause some people have an allergic reaction <laughs> yes. when they hear, Oh, it's like a family around here. No, yeah. This is a healthy family. Yeah, this is well, not like weird uncle Al. Right? And just like banana ball. It's not for everybody. And we understand yeah. that if you don't want to be in a workplace where people say, I love you, or they show up to things for you when life mm-hmm. gets hard, you know, if you don't want to mix that work and home, mm. uh, then it's not the right fit because we are very family oriented and for us it works. So Absolutely. And that's one of the cool things about the Savannah Bananas and what you guys are doing with Fans First is you know who you are. You're clear about who you are. You communicate it well. You did. It's obvious you put in the necessary time to reflect and do the interior work to get comfortable in your own skin. And everybody doesn't have to be like that. And and it's not arrogant. It's just right. kind of the way it is. And, and yeah. so that allows you guys to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. And that's that's what I'm standing here thinking, Emily. You know, you're describing this I love you family first atmosphere. And I'm thinking, okay, that's ordinary to you, but that's extraordinary to somebody who's listening to this because I can't mm-hmm. imagine their boss saying, hey, uh, I know it's a tough time because your mom passed. I just want you to know hey. I love you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they can't even imagine that. So that's extraordinary to the rest of the world. <laughs> Emily Cole is the co-owner of the Savannah Bananas with her husband, Jesse Cole. What are some of the challenges that you face, right, in in doing the what seems to the rest of us as extraordinary, but to use ordinary? You know, we don't, again, this might just be our Pollyanna positive outlook on everything. Oh, that's which, fine. Again, it's the work positive podcast. You're fine. <laughs> um, we don't really find challenges in it. You know, of course, mm. as a group, there will be ups and downs and there will mm-hmm. be um, tough times that we go through, but everything is a learning experience for us. And so if we communicate something wrong and people are upset about it, or we just talk through it. And again, I know that sounds all rah, rah. And but we just look at it as a learning experience, everybody on staff. Again, we are very much not like a hierarchy where 
you know, the leadership team says something and everybody else has to obey. It's very open door. We're, you know, always open to talking. And it just feels like if something is off, somebody comes and says something and then we tweak it. And Mm. it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have affected us where people are leaving and there's turnover. You know, we've, we've never gotten to that point. Mm. And again, we are still a startup. I mean, we're going into our eighth season. Mm -hmm. We are very fresh in this you know, bananas world. And then we do believe it's going to grow for decades and decades. So we are still in that startup phase. So we don't have a ton of experience to talk about, but fortunately so far, there haven't been a ton of challenges with mm. people leaving or something going wrong and it changing the culture. Um, we've just fortunately stayed positive and mm-hmm. kept the right people close to the organization and mm. you know, over- attracted more great people who have just mm-hmm. come in and added to that culture. And so we, we've been fortunate to just have a really smooth ride on the culture side so far. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the way that you recast that word challenges into learning experiences, right? We're just collaborating together. We're discovering what worked well, what worked less well. So yeah. we're going to plow that in, as I like to say, and, and grow some good stuff out of it. That's, yeah. That collaborative environment is essential to your success. Eight years and you're a startup. I'm, I'm aware that you now are going coast to coast with banana ball. Mm-hmm. And, and there's something like 6,539,000 people. <laughs> I don't know how many people, but it seems like yeah. a lot of people. It's a lot. It's not 6 billion, but it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, it will be by the time ball starts, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you guys are, have got people. <laughs> I've read my fingers are crossed. My toes are crossed. I'm praying, you know, all this kind of stuff yeah. that I get tickets Yeah, out in the world. Did you come up with this idea to let's take banana ball out of Savannah. Let's take it out of just our league and go coast to coast. Yeah. So our leadership team was talking a couple of years ago, kind of in the heart of COVID and mm-hmm. saying, where are we going to go? How, you know, this is a time to be able to sit back and reflect and sure. our business has slowed down tremendously. And, you know, where do we want to take this? And at that time we were four or five years in doing very well. We were so blessed. Every game had sold out since our first season. We're in a small ballpark in Savannah, Georgia, that seats yeah. about 4,000 people, mm-hmm. which was big when we started. Yeah. Um, but over the years we had this wait list of people who wanted to come to games. And so 4,000 seats, a game was all of a sudden not nearly enough. Mm. And we heard every night that people were coming from across the world to Savannah. I mean, every night we have other countries, every night we were having between 25 and 35 different States represented in this, Mm -hmm. in the stands. And so we're seeing this and we're saying, Hey, if the fans are telling us that they want to come see this, wouldn't it be better for them if we took the show to them? Mm. And that the whole mentality, every decision we make is, is it fans first? It's the name of our umbrella company. You know, mm. the team is the Savannah Bananas, but our company name is fans first. Mm. And the lens of what we make every decision on is, is it fans first? Mm. And so once we spoke those words aloud and we we talked about it, it was a no brainer. We Of mm. course, we needed to take the show to these people. They didn't need to fly across the world to see us. And so we embarked on our one city world tour. So in 2021, that is exactly what we called it. The (laughs) one city world tour, Uh, because when we do things, we do try to be, you know, fiscally responsible and make make sure that we're making right decisions. So we always take a lot of small bets. And so this was a small bet for us. Hey, let's go to one city. And let's see if this model works. Do people care Mm. outside of Savannah, Georgia? Now, where'd you go? Mobile? 
So we went to Mobile, Alabama. Uh Um, We had a conversation with a few different cities, but Mobile Uh was very excited about the bananas. Uh, We had a great partnership with their city. They were very excited to bring us. Well, the city shares so much in common. I mean, they're both water-based and based. Well, and they had lost their minor league team. So they didn't have, you know, a home baseball team, but they still had the stadium. So it was just a great, it was a great fit for our first, Mm -hmm. our first stop. And Lo and behold, we sold out in, I don't know, like 20 minutes or a <laughs> couple hours. Crazy, it was, yeah. some, it was something crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, 7,000 tickets. And and we said, wow, okay, maybe there is something there. <laughs> maybe it wasn't such so a we, small bet after all. <laughs> no. So we went to Mobile. We had a great experience. The fans mm-hmm. loved it. And so we said, okay, yeah. we'll try to get a little bit bigger next year. And so uh, this past year we went to seven cities uh-huh. And again, great experience, yep. you know, sold out immediately. Mm. Um, and so really that's when we said, okay, there is something here. Savannah mm. will always be our home, but mm. if we can take the show to other people and make it more accessible for them, then that's what we want to do. And so this year we're getting ready in a couple of weeks to embark on our 33 city world tour. Um, and we're already making huge plans for 2024, you know, maybe going international, maybe mm-hmm. playing at some really cool places. It's maybe not a baseball park. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's our goal now is to just create more fans. And if we can do it by getting closer to them rather than making them come to us, mm. uh, we think that's pretty fans first. Oh, totally. Yeah. Tokyo would be an amazing place to play baseball. To play <laughs> it's on our right? dream list. I'm sure yeah. we'll make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Well, a lot of the way you said we took a small bet, you know, OK, we think it's a great idea. We think it's going to work. Let's go all in on one city and then seven cities. And initially you weren't at 33 cities because you've added some to this coast to coast tour, right? Yeah. I mean, again, as you were saying earlier, the list of people who are now waiting for tickets has grown astronomically. We're so, so fortunate and so grateful. So what we've done is try to add as many games and cities as we physically can for this year. Um, You know, we want to grow smart as well, but the demand is there and we're, we hate disappointing fans. I mean, our name is fans first. So it crushes us that there are 500,000 people or, or whatever the number is that cannot actually buy tickets this year. It's heartbreaking to us. And so where we could, we did add more dates and more cities. And so we're, we're at our max for this year, but we're trying to figure out how to go to bigger venues and take care of more fans in the future. Well, look, after the podcast, I I want to talk to you. My brother lives near Charleston, West Virginia, and he's turning 60 this year. And it's like the weekend you guys are up there. So I want to talk to you about getting some tickets. Okay. I I know there are 500,000 people, but I just want to talk I'm just saying. Okay. Join the list. (laughs) So Emily Cole is co-owner of the Savannah Bananas, but more importantly, the umbrella company, as she said, is fans first. Go to the savannahbananas.com website right now if you're on your Peloton or walking your dog or something. Hopefully, your dog's got a Savannah banana scarf on, right? That's right. Because you yep. guys have those. I, I've got to order as soon as the weather warms up a little bit. You've got Hawaiian shirts that are Savannah, Savannah banana style. So I, I've got to get yeah. one of those because I love wearing those. <laughs> so go to the savannahbananas.com. It's in the show notes. And just pick yourself up some merch if you're if you're just listening. If you go on YouTube or on our website at workpositive.today, you can see that I'm wearing a Savannah Bananas hat. And it came off of the savannahbananas.com website. By the way, you don't just get a hat in the mail. You get an experience. I got a yellow <laughs> box, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... I thought, uh, okay, well, my daughter and son-in-law just ordered me a hat. It's this huge box. It's yellow. There's this angry-looking banana on the front of it, right? You open it up. There's all this yellow tissue paper. There's a personal note in there. I mean, 
what's ordinary to you guys, Emily, is extraordinary to the rest of us. So when you go work positive nation to the savannahbananas.com website, it's not just lip service. They're not just trying to sell tickets. By the way, I want to talk to you about the tickets for just a second before we say goodbye. They are creating a fans first experience. So tell us quickly, because this is some product, positive product stuff that we can begin putting into our companies today. You guys have an all-in ticket price. What is it like, 25 bucks now? Yes, that's correct. In Savannah. Yeah, in Savannah. And you get not only a, a seat to watch the baseball game, to watch the greatest show on earth, right? <laughs> but you also get what? Food? Yeah. So in Savannah, when we were launching the team, again, coming back to fans first, we said, what is something that you hate about events? What's what's a friction point? Mm-hmm. And the first thing that we were talking about was being nickel and dimed. You know, you go to an event. First of all, when you buy the ticket, there are all sorts of service charges and convenience fees, which mm-hmm. are definitely not convenient at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes those extra fees add up to more than the ticket. And that's yeah. just crazy. So starting there, we decided to eliminate all taxes, all all fees. And we take that. So we eat that as a company and whatever the price is on our website for merchandise, there's no shipping Mm -hmm. for tickets. It's just Mm -hmm. the ticket price. We take care of all the taxes. So we Mm -hmm. took care of that. But what else when you get nickel and dimed? Usually you pull in, you pay for parking. Then you go inside and you buy a hamburger for $5 and a beer for $8 and whatever it is. And so we decided we wanted to make an all-inclusive ticket. So we in Savannah, years and years ago, when we first launched, we became the first ballpark that was completely all inclusive. Mm -hmm. So you can come to our game and uh, they are $25 tickets now Mm -hmm. and it includes your ticket, but then all of your chicken sandwiches, hot dogs, hamburgers, chips, popcorn, dessert, cookies, um, and then your, your non-alcoholic drinks. So all of your mm-hmm. soda and water. So mm-hmm. what's again, so great about this is that families can come and mom and dad are not having to pull out their wallet over and over because the kids are pulling on, pulling mm-hmm. on their jacket, you know, asking for, for more money to go buy a hot dog. Um, mm-hmm. they can just go up to the counter and get it. It's included. Now, of course we have things like ice cream and beer that are those novelty options that mm-hmm. you can purchase if you want to, but you can come to the ballpark for $25 a person, enjoy the show, which is an amazing show. I would argue that it rivals with some of the other entertainment you're spending $25 on. And then you also get dinner. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You also get your dinner and dessert. And so it was just very important to us to make sure that we were staying fans, fans first, you know, true to that Mm. and that we were not nickel and diming people. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty great deal Uh, when we do travel on the road because we don't control the ballparks, the home team controls the concessions and that's a way for them to make some money when, when we come to town. And so we're, Mm. we, you know, we honor that, but at all of our home games in Savannah, it is that all inclusive ticket. That's absolutely amazing. And in, and in my mind made it possible for a family of four to go back into the sporting realm, right? Yeah. You've tried to take a family of four. I don't care what the sport is, right. any kind of sport. Uh, family of four for a hundred bucks. Mm-mm. No, yeah. not going to happen. So thanks for, yeah. uh, thanks for being sensitive to where people are <laughs> in terms of discretionary income. Yeah. But also, man, it's paid you guys back in dividends because you get to create the kind of experience that you were called and uh, very, very blessed to make. So Emily Cole, the Savannah bananas.com. Uh, she's the co-owner of the Savannah Bananas, along with her husband, Jesse. Work Positive Nation always wants to know from my guest, Emily, so i got to ask you, you know, you've talked about all these ordinary things for you guys that are extraordinary to the rest of us. What's one thing someone who's listening to this podcast can do today to help create a positive work culture? Mm. 
I should have listened to Jesse's to make sure his podcast to make sure I don't say the same thing, but something that we really believe in. So it could have been something he touched on is something that we learned from uh, magic castle hotel in LA. It is an old apartment building, but it is the number two rated hotel in all of LA. Mm. And it's because of something that their CEO taught us. And that line is listen carefully, respond creatively. So they are constantly listening to their guests and doing something creative to make sure that their stay is better. They don't have a workout room. They don't have elevators. They don't have all these things that normal places have, Hmm. but they are the highest rated hotel, second highest rated hotel in LA because of what they do for their people. And so we've really taken that mantra and done that with our internal fans who are our people. You know, those are the biggest fans. We always talk about the fans and people think about the ones sitting in the bleachers. Um, But for us, it's the people who work for us. And so we, as a leadership group, especially, but really the whole team, we listen carefully and respond creatively to our people. So we try to um, just stay tuned into what's important in their lives. We've done a lot of um, trips that we've sent people on. We have Mm -hmm. 1% of our our top line budget we used to surprise and delight our people. Mm -hmm. And so 1%, you know, I would challenge everybody that they can do that in their organization. Even if you can't, you can make it a smaller amount, but what can you pull aside to surprise and delight your people? And so we, we listen from people, Hey, it's a, it's a bucket list trip to Ireland with, with your dad. Okay. Mm. We're going to take care of that for you. It's going to the 18th hole at the waste management golf tournament, because that's the crazy fun you know, turn a hole that you you want to be a part of. So we send people there. Um, It's all of these experiences that Mm. people want to be a part of or have mentioned that is important to them or somebody in their family. And we try to make those things happen because it's building um, rapport with these people. It's building a relationship with their significant others, because Mm. if the people at home are supportive of their job and they're welcoming into our family, you know, Mm. that just makes the relationship so much better. So Really, we try to listen carefully, listen carefully and respond creatively to our people and what's important to them. And I think that's something that everybody can do. So it's internal and external. Listen carefully, respond creatively. Emily, I want you to go back after this podcast airs and make sure Jesse listens to that because that's the one thing he wishes he'd said. (laughs) (laughs) He He might have. You know, we believe in it so much that we both do talk about it a lot on podcasts, um, but it's, it's important. So even if he did mention it, I wanted to talk about it. Uh, it's it's an amazing mantra. Listen carefully, respond creatively, internally and externally. Thank you so much. Emily Cole is the co-owner of the Savannah Bananas. Go right now, work positive nation to the savannahbananas.com. Get yourself some merch like I'm wearing today. And uh, see if you can get on that waiting list of 6,592,000,000 or however many people it is. And, uh, <laughs> and, and hang on right after this, Emily, because we got to talk about that Charleston, West Virginia. Yes, Charleston. All right. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, Emily. I appreciate you being being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the Work Positive Podcast with your host, executive coach and culture architect, Dr. Joey Fawcett. Please share this podcast with your friends who are small business leaders so they can create a positive work culture that increases their productivity and profits. Get your free 15-point work positive checklist to help you attract top talent and reduce team turnover. Download this checklist at workpositive.today slash checklist. Remember, it pays to work positive.